Welcome to the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where the conversation about discipleship is always real for real people in real life. Hello, I'm Lance Wigton, and I'm the Communications Director here at Real Life Ministries, and it's my pleasure to have Jim Putman, uh, Senior Pastor at Real Life Ministries in Post Falls, uh, with us again. And we have a great topic today. It's how to share the gospel without being a jerk. Now, uh, this sounds like a pretty easy topic, but really it's there's quite a few nuances to it, Jim, I yeah. think. And I think the w- one of the first things I think about sharing the gospel is... Uh, somebody that I'm in a relationship with, like a neighbor, uh, somebody that I have an acquaintance with, um, and then there's a lot of degrees that go with that, you know, how well do I know them? But in any situation, uh, I worry about being rejected, and also if I'm rejected then, um, I might I might have missed my window to even share the gospel with them. So what, what would you do for... Uh, what would your response to be for fear of rejection? Well, I think those are there's a lot there in that question, and even in the statements that you made. I would say, uh, first, the fact that you want to share your faith means that you understand who and what you are as a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Most Christians think, at very best, my job is to invite somebody to church so somebody else can share the gospel. Mm. When you're a Christ follower, you're a disciple who's supposed to be making disciples, which means living in such a way that you share your faith with others. You've Mm -hmm. spent time with Jesus, and you understand as you do that, he's moving you through this process of first you're going to follow me, then I'm going to be changing you. As you spend time with me, you're going to start seeing what I see, caring about what I care about. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And ultimately, you're going to become a fisher of men. That's for everybody. Not everybody is a church leader. But everybody is a disciple who makes a disciple. Mm-hmm. And as you spend time with Jesus, you, you understand that's your role. You understand that's what you're here for, that you were saved from something, hell, for a purpose which God has for you to, to be a part of, both locally as a church and individually as an individual, uh, sharing your faith wherever you work, live, and play. You start to understand this. And as you spend time with Jesus, you understand that people are really going to heaven or hell, Mm -hmm. and God really wants to save them. Now, ultimately, being a Christ follower means that you're becoming courageous. Mm -hmm. And your fear that somebody's going to hell overwhelms your fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. As you start to go, man, I really care about this person, and this is what I'm here for, I don't want them to be in hell. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to be saved. That actually spurs you on, and it's still scary mm-hmm. to share your faith, because you, you do feel rejection, and, and old, even more than that, uh, you're worried that if you don't do it right, they'll reject Jesus, mm-hmm. and you don't want to do that. So some people go, well, then I just won't do it, because I, I don't want to make a mistake, mm-hmm. instead of, no, I am going to figure this out. I am going to be discipled. I am going to walk through this with somebody. I am going to talk about what that looks like. I'm, I'm going to even be willing to make mistakes... Not on purpose, but I'm going to grow and figure it out because this is what I'm saved for, to be a part of sharing your faith. So everyone deals with this fear of rejection and a fear of failure. Mm -hmm. But your courage as a believer and your intentionality and the discipleship you're going through, walking through this with a disciple maker, prepares you for that. So that you, you, and even like going through, you know, what if I say this? What are you going to say? That's what a good intentional disciple maker does. Mm -hmm. What if I ask you this question? And you're working through it 
so that the disciple becomes more and more familiar. But ultimately, it comes down to stepping over that line at some point. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's a little scary, but courage is a part of being a follower of Jesus. So you're saying there is a fear of rejection, but the, but the way to overcome your fear is to think about really what the eternal uh, risk is at, yeah, at that point for you, not, for you not sharing the gospel. And, and, you know, here's the deal, too. There are two different kinds of interactions you're going to have as a regular person. You could have an interaction with a person that you know. You're going to have an pr- interaction with a person that you don't know. And, I, and I'll tell you this. I've sat down in an in a airplane next to somebody, and a conversation ensued. And in that case, I go fishing, you know. Mm-hmm. Here's what I do. Tell me about yourself. I'll throw – well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christ follower, and I'm on, I'm on my way to do this or that. Or, or, and, and, I'll, and I'll always talk about – here, here's what God's done in my life, and, and you know, I'll, I'll tell, talk more about me and see what they do. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll go, uh, uh, what do you do? And I'll go, well, I'm a, I'm a coach, but, but really what I'm really about is being a disciple of Jesus. And, and that, sometimes people are like, whoa, what does that mean? Or, um, or they know and just shut down. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I went fishing, mm-hmm. right? They didn't bite. I've had them bite, not bite. If they bite, I start reeling them in, right? Mm-hmm. But I also know they need to be a disciple, not just a convert. Not, and I know that it doesn't have to happen in one shot. I'm planting seeds. I'm praying for them, and I'm sharing with them their next step. You need to do this, or give me a call, and I can help you get hooked up with some other believers in the, where you live. But the more prominent and better uh, experience mm-hmm. in this comes from people that I have relationship with, that I've been praying for, that have seen a change in me. I've been, uh, I've been doing like all the pre-work, meaning mm-hmm. I- I'm actually there to care about them. You know, they're moving. I'll show up and help them move. I'll do. Uh, they're they're struggling. I'll just call them and say, "How you doing?" You know, I've just been praying for you, and anything I can do to help you, and and I'll do this pre-work that says I care about you mm-hmm. long before I actually go. Let, let's just break down the gospel. You're going to hell because of sin. And Jesus came to save you, and he changed my life. He can change your life, too. And I want to walk with you through this. And there's still some fear there, but there's been a lot of pre-work that happened before that. So, I, uh, you know, I hate to think about sales and, 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 and talking to the gospel or talking, talking to someone about the gospel. Because uh, you know, sales is is it's shallow. But there is there is some comparisons. When I sold cars, uh, there used to be people that would just walk on the car lot, and uh, they would say, "That's the vehicle I want." You know, because we sold new cars there, and the, and way back in the day, uh, it was Jeep Grand Cherokees. This is when they first came out, and and what we would go is call we call them laydowns. Mm-hmm. Well. You could sell laydowns all day long because you didn't do any work. All you did right. is point to the, and and I'm wondering about is that our expectation in, uh, as Christians that we're saying, well, if God gave me an opening, and He wanted me to share the gospel with Him, it's going to look like this. And the reality is, it doesn't look like that. And so, therefore, when we bring them to church. And we don't talk to them about what did you get out of service and where are you at and all the things that you just said, or uh, we're just expect to talk about the gospel. Then all of a sudden they flip. It's just unrealistic yeah. for them to have some kind of altar call, um, uh, kind of a moment yeah. uh, in their life. And and so then it really turns around. Our our role is to really do what you're saying, which is 
a long-term uh, chipping away uh, relationship. Yeah. When, when somebody just kind of walks in the church or even when I'm in a car and I'm talking about what I do for a living mm-hmm. or, or, you know, what the Lord's taught me, you know, um, and, and that leads to a decision. I, I know this, there's some grandmother or mother or past experience that set that up. The Holy Spirit's been working in them. Yeah. And other people have planted seeds, and I'm actually the beneficiary of that so that now I get to help them cross the finish line. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm just planting seeds for someone else later on that will hopefully get to cross the finish line with them, uh, or the starting blocks to discipleship, the finish line to salvation. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I when I think about that, I, I'm really looking to see where God is already working, mm-hmm. and then I'm just joining him there. When I And so I'm asking questions. I'm looking for opportunities. My eyes are open. That doesn't mean that I go through... I might go through a week of never having a spiritual conversation. The question is, was, were my eyes open, and was I ready to respond? Mm-hmm. But I agree in that a lot of people kind of have this mindset of, I'm waiting for them to come to me, and we mm-hmm. don't want to go into the world. Jesus said, go into the world. Or literally, as you're going into the world, mm-hmm. make disciples. So there's this lifestyle that we're living in front of them as individuals, ministering to them, caring for them, noticing them, having conversations with them. But in our mind, we're looking for opportunities. We're the goer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not expecting them to have more courage and more initiative to come than we are to go. Mm-hmm. And most Christians, if they ever did have an experience... It was uh, kind of that that laydown experience Mm -hmm. rather than the going. You know, I was just yesterday, we had one of our young 15 year old girls Mm -hmm. that invited her Mormon friend to come to church and go to youth group and and got to know her ahead of time and they they became friends. And and so then she brought her to church and all that. Well, uh, yesterday she brought her to church and after church was over, she said, Hey, what do you need to know now? to accept Jesus, to know that there's a difference between what you've believed and what, what the truth is. What can I do? How can I help? Oh, that's a great question. And the girl said, I think I do believe. And she said, well, why don't we go up and talk to the people about getting baptized tonight? She was a goer. She initiated the conversation. She's 15 years old, and she's already done what 90% of most Christians will never do in their lifetime, mm-hmm. ac- according to you know statistics. Mm-hmm. Last night in our prayer meeting, a guy who's working with another guy who knows he's going through trouble said, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And that started a conversation. He picked him up. He's talking to him on the way to church. The guy's like, my life's just a total mess after the church is This over. guy has not gone to church at all. Ever. And so then after church, he says, hey, why don't you go to the prayer event with me tonight? So And so the guy shows up, and he is a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. And the guy's sitting right next to him. Are you okay, man? I'm listening to him talk. And the guy, you know, it's a worship and prayer night, so this is really... And the chairs are in a circle, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he used that as a trampoline. Afterwards, the guy came to him and said, would you pray for me personally? Came up to me, said, would you pray for me? I wasn't doing any of the work on the stage. I was sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. There is the corporate work that the body does, but there's the individual part of initiating... Uh, this courageous, purpose-filled relationship with outsiders mm-hmm. to help them come to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
And um, it's well, you're not doing. You're not just bringing them but in both s- the situations. They brought them. They brought them to church. Um, they weren't just waiting for some kind of lightning bolt to hit them. They didn't wait for me to do it. Right. They but, were. They just utilized this tool, this corporate body experience. Invited them, and by the way, the reason they invited them is because they were also in in both in both cases. They're in a life group. Mm-hmm. They're being encouraged. They're in the Word, so they have this mindset of "It's me too." Right. I can do this, and he's using the tools in their 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 belt, so to speak, their tool belt. The church experience was a part of it, but but they are not only being empowered and inspired to be the goers. They're being the initiators, and then they're being the, the one who crosses the finish line with them. They're the pastors of that individual person, and they took that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last one uh, I want to bring up, and and I would actually think this would fall in the way I at least I would describe somebody being a jerk, is uh, I had a mentor. This would be an example. I had a mentor that would talk about, um, well, you know, I don't... Uh, if the person said, I don't believe in hell or whatever, he'd tell them to get a uh, lighter out of their pocket and then hold their hand over it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how real was that? You don't want that to go on forever, do you? Well, then yeah. you need Jesus. Now, I would say um, I would probably, I probably wouldn't want to hear what that guy has to say afterwards. But on the other hand, by the same, by the kind of same uh, vein, here we are talking about. Uh, or planning to, on Mother's Day, talk about hell and about how it's a real place and what happens there yeah. and what happens if they don't accept Christ to get there. Yeah. Uh, so is you don't want to be a jerk. You want to tell the truth, and that's all the truth. Um, where, where's the line in giving them the harsh reality of eternity and, uh, and not just doing it and just blow them out of the water with that information? Well, if you tell me there's a hell, mm-hmm. but you don't understand, you don't tell me, you know, how God created the world and how we got to this place where there's destruction and what, and all the effort that God's gone to, to save and all the chances and all the, uh, he sent his son, Jesus Christ and, and to reject God and then to reject God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 if you don't explain all of this and walk through that with people and you just go, there's a hell, God send people to hell that don't believe in Jesus, it just sounds... Um, Elitist. Well, yeah, but here's the truth. Just because a person doesn't like something doesn't make it true, but that's just, that's not giving the heart of God in a mm-hmm. situation like that. And it is going to lead to some questions. Again, we want these one-liners that just convince people. People have legitimate questions. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I know any of that's true? Mm-hmm. And uh, why would God do that? And, you know, this is where people go, well, I, I'm afraid if they ask me, I won't know. Well, here's the deal. Um, let's use a different scenario, okay? okay? I want you to imagine that the economy goes down. Okay. 2008 all over again. Yeah, 2008, or even maybe worse, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the place goes down. You lose your job. Mm-hmm. And you find out um, down in Spokane, there's a place where you can make $80,000 a year. Okay. And they're actually willing to hire you, even though you have no training in the skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, because 
in your mind, you, you'll go like, I'll do it. You have no idea what I'm willing to do to support my family. I'll learn it. Mm-hmm. I'm a learner. Would you go down there and like, hey, I will figure this out to pay for the $80,000. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll earn that job. Just give me a chance. I may not know the skill sets, but I will figure it out. And would you would you be willing to would you try to convince the, bo- the boss that you're willing to figure it out if it meant feeding your family? Oh, absolutely. Right. And there are some people that they would they they do it. They'd figure out how to do it. They'd go home after work. They'd read books. They'd go, I'll do whatever because I want to feed my family. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, there are a lot of people that don't know a lot about how to answer the questions. But we live in a time where there's more books that answer questions than any other time in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this is true, there really is a heaven and hell. People are really going there. Mm-hmm. They're going to have these questions, and you need to have those answers. And the answers are right there for you to read and walk through and talk through, but you won't go do it. And you just want it to be like, just, just, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to learn those answers. I don't want to, you know, because I want to watch TV or whatever. Then there's a real problem with motivation. If, if you really believe there is a real heaven and hell, mm-hmm. people that you know are going there and God doesn't want them to go there. He wants them to hear the message of the gospel. He wants to use you, but you refuse to actually take the time to figure it out. But you do it for a job. Mm-hmm. There's some real problems. Yeah, because really, you think about feeding your family, uh, well, they're going to need more food tomorrow. But, you know, if something happens and uh, they, didn't know, they didn't know who Jesus was, that's a, that's a whole other dynamic. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't think that most Christians, a couple of things, I don't think they really think their job is to tell anybody anything. They just go to church, if that. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm not sure they really believe there is a hell. Uh, I think if they do believe there's a hell, they've redefined good and evil and how you get there so that they're not really going, and neither is anybody they know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if they really did believe there was a hell, they really did understand what the Bible says about it, they really understood there's eternity, heaven, uh, if they really believed there was a devil, if they really be- then it would change what they would do, what they would read, what they would do with their time, how they saw interactions with other people. I just believe that there are a lot of people that don't really believe it, mm-hmm. what the Bible actually says. You're saying that um, what they've done then is basically like when I was a kid growing up and people would play Monopoly which kind of dates me, but bear with me. And then you'd, you'd go over to your friend's house and you'd say, well, what do you, you know, there's the game of Monopoly. Everyone knows the rules. But most families would come up with their own house rules. Right. And since you were at, they were at their house, you would play with their house rules. Yeah, you'd speed up the game one way. You'd hand out the cards or whatever. Right. right. So this is God's house, and we've decided to bring in our own rules, which doesn't mean that we're going to win. God has no win. obligation to honor your rules. Right. He's the one who sets the rules. And most Christians don't know what his Bible actually says. And even though they've heard it, there's this disconnect between what they actually have read and what they actually believe about it, as if there's exceptions. Mm-hmm. And Jesus uh, went to incredible lengths to reveal the truth about eternity, about God, about Judgment Day, about heaven and hell. That, that He went to incredible lengths to reveal to us the truth from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, we either believe it or we don't. We get to choose that. 
I just think there's going to be a lot of people that uh, when they get to heaven, they're, they're going to be surprised, unfortunately. Uh, because Jesus said on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't I do miracles in your name? Didn't I do nice things mm-hmm. in your name? He says, depart from me. I never knew you, mm-hmm. you doers of iniquity. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. If you do not love me, you will not obey me. Jesus made it very clear. Uh, and most people don't read it mm-hmm. or they read it. They don't live by it. And what I'm saying is, uh, very clearly, as Scripture says, we are all disciple-makers. Our job is to be the light of the world, Mm -hmm. to be disciples who make disciples. Our job is to share our lives and our faith with those around us. Some people aren't going to like it. In fact, all the disciples were killed because of it. Right. But we're not to be all that worried about that, because eternity waits. Well done, good and faithful servant is going to be the one who uses what God has given them for God's glory. There's a, there's, these things are real. This isn't a game mm-hmm. uh, like Monopoly. This is real, real eternal consequences, and, and I'm not sure many people believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, and so the uh, solution to how to share the gospel without being a jerk, it's, it's truth and love, but uh, if I was going to sum up kind of where the conversation took us, it's also having correct expectations on what that looks like. We're not going to one and done this person. We're not going to yeah. say this thing, and all of a sudden well, they're like, "Most oh, people wow. don't think. Most people don't think it's their job, and so they don't get better at it. They don't right. want to get better at. it. They don't want to be disciplined. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. They don't want to have courage to go out. They don't want to do that. If anything, if somebody comes to me, you know, kind of expecting them to have more courage than I have to have. Mm-hmm. But others, when they do start to to make disciples and go, I, they, they start like, man, I didn't do that well. And they didn't come to know Jesus. It wasn't a one and done. They didn't accept Christ and understand. Um, not even Jesus was a one and doneer. Right. When Jesus went to the disciples said, come and follow me. That wasn't his first interaction with them. He had already spent some say as much as a year hanging out with these guys, talking with these guys. You know, he just didn't come up to them out of the blue and that's not going to work for you either. Right. Now, if some if sometimes there is something that's dropped in your lap, and take advantage of it, you know, reach out, minister to that, help that person become a disciple of Jesus, uh, but don't expect that's the way of it. Mm-hmm. If it happens, great, but that's not the way of it. It's a lot of work, a lot of prayer, a lot of ministry, a lot of serving, and the and the work isn't done when they give their life to Jesus. The work they, they come to Jesus and, and yeah, they accept His forgiveness, but they're broken. Yeah, they need to be discipled. So you don't just go, well, check mark. They accepted Christ, and 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 no, now it's like, all right, now we move to discipleship in the sense of, I'm going to start teaching you what God's taught me, what God's taught me through others, and so the journey just continues as you help them become mature in Christ. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's our job, and uh, our job doesn't mean we're being a jerk, but we're telling the truth, and we have correct expectations. Jim, thanks a lot for this, and I hope that everyone that listens to this is encouraged uh, to uh, break through the fear of rejection and talk to those people around them. Thank you for joining us on the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where we want you to remember discipleship is simple, it's just not easy.